Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning into the We Got Balls podcast. I'm your host, Steve Trudeau. I'm with my good friend and co-host, Mikey Almeida. Um, Mikey, I'm really excited. NBA starts this week, so I was hoping we can start talking about some NBA, but is there anything else that you want to talk about today? Oh, we got to talk about baseball, too, because baseball, it's the hot stove. It's starting to warm up a little bit, so I want to get some info out there for, for the baseball guys and the baseball nuts out there. Nice. Do you have any idea what you mean when you say the hot stove? As I know that's an expression <laughs> that has been said forever, and I just accept it as like, you know, it's baseball talk, but I have no idea what it means. It's been the cold stove for the last couple of years with uh, how stringent teams are trying to spend, but um, they call it the hot stove because back in the day when free agency first started for baseball, like literally the day after free agents were free agents, they were signing for these crazy cuckoo contracts and, you know, teams were trying to get those guys before everybody else and trying to outbid stuff each other. But now with uh, how the MLB looks at players, it's totally changed things. So the hot stove doesn't get hot till spring training when teams are just filling in who they can. And those hundred to $200 million contracts are, you know, going away because everybody is hiring these analytic minds in their front offices and they're doing such a great job. Like, but the reason that that's what kind of makes baseball the most intriguing sport in my view, because you got all these teams that with low budgets and high budgets and nothing is perceived that you're going to make it to all the way. This year we had the Dodgers who have the second highest payroll going up against the Tampa Bay Rays who basically went out to KFC and found a couple of their players and they're over there making it all the way. And now the other intriguing part of baseball is finally we got some bad guys, you know, um, the Astros coming out. I think they're the most hated team in all of baseball. And one of the best parts is they deserve it. Overnight Yankees were like, thank you. Can I just say that if anyone's happy about the pandemic, like no one's happy about this. It sucks. But the Astros must be loving it because no one could be there booing them and giving them crap all year. They skated for a whole year during the pandemic and they didn't get any vengeance for all the, all the crap they did. And then you have to look at it too, which is pretty crazy to think that they made it so far this year too. And they didn't have to go through all the fans and the nonsense. But imagine bringing in the amount of psychiatrists they would have had to over this year between that and the, you know, doing the COVID testing, I, there's no way that the Astros would have been at a plus this year. How many trash cans did you think would have been um, taken from fans had the Astros, you know, played during a normal season? Cause I could imagine at least like three per game, you know, opposing fans bringing trash cans into the stadium just to like taunt them. It's like a hundred trash cans, man. Well, the but, worst, case, like the worst of the whole thing was right. Did you watch the apology from Bregman and from Altuve? Oh, they don't care. They didn't <laughs> care. They were just upset that they got caught. It was similar to Dwight Schrute apologizing in the office, where he was, <laughs> 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 he's like, "What did he say?" He's like, "I state my apology." <laughs> That's it. It just there was silence. 
that's pretty much it. Oh, man. But like I said, Yankee fans must rejoice because they're the second most hated team for the first time in like, what, 30, 40 years? Like, it's pretty crazy, but they deserve yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like the hate for the Yankees has kind of dissipated in the past five, ten years because they had a stretch where they were awful. Um, it was before Judge really came up, right? Then they have like a three-year stretch where like they weren't winning the L. East, they weren't really making the playoffs for a few years, so the hatred, I feel like, for them died out a little bit. And you had teams like the Dodgers now or the new Yankees or the Yankees of the West where they're spending, like, tons of money to, like, retain players and get new, new players for their teams. So, yeah, the Yankees kind of skirted on being, like, the hated, most hated team for sure. Yeah, but the Yankees, in all honesty, they still didn't produce a losing season even throughout that, which is pretty incredible. Like, even when – they, you know, that was the years of like Mark Teixeira retiring and Jeter retiring. Um, they still were above 500, which was unbelievable. And I don't care what anyone says about the LA Dodgers. If you look at their track record, most of the guys that they spent their money on are all homegrown. Like it's unbelievable what they did. Like, and Mookie Betts would like a word with you on that one, though. <laughs> hey, listen, Boston fans would not would not agree with that one bit. How many times as a player of Mookie Betts caliber? We're from so good, right? We're both from Massachusetts, and we did not appreciate that guy. I'm not a Red Sox fan, either of you, but no. how I don't like good teams. He he was fantastic. <laughs> what what team do you refer Trudeau? <laughs> uh, so I've been like a really passive baseball fan the past few years, but I'm a Rays fan which is crazy because they're good now. It's like when I stopped watching baseball, they started getting really good. And when I used to watch baseball religiously, they were god awful. Yeah, no, they, uh, that team, man, they're amazing. Them and the team that I root for now, I uh, obviously am a big Yankees fan, but um, as I get older, I start appreciation, appreciation more uh, with uh, teams like the smaller market team. So I've definitely jumped on the Oakland A's bandwagon and, uh, you know, pretty proud of it, man. They're, they're killing it. I don't care what anyone says. They have like the fifth lowest payroll and they're making the playoffs as well. So Billy B knows in there. So I know you follow baseball more than me. So what's been like the most intriguing storylines of the off season for you? Cause I think what we're around the free, free agency time at this point in baseball in their off season. Or we're not quite there yet. The most intriguing has got to be the New York Mets coming in and, you know, grabbing the guy that they did to own the team. He's very analytical, but he has such deep pockets. And him cleaning house, um, that's been a huge storyline and a really, you know, I feel like them and the Blue Jays are another one. I know Emmanuel's not on with us. He's another guest that will be on our show that's a big Mm -hmm. Blue Jays supporter. But it seems like the Buffalo Blue Jays, right? What the Buffalo Blue Jays, you mean? <laughs> the Buffalo <laughs> Blue Jays, they don't, they don't have a, a home, home location right now, right? With the borders being closed, <laughs> did they play they're, Buffalo this past season or somewhere else? Syracuse, maybe they're not allowed to play anywhere else but Buffalo right now. Yeah, no, they had to put new lighting in and you know make it up to standards, but at the same time. The Blue Jays are basically like a Tinder account, right? Because they're always, like, interested in everybody, man. They're like, swipe right, swipe right. They're- I actually like the Blue Jays because they have all of our 
the children of our, you know, our idols growing up, they have, uh, you know, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, who else they have? They have a couple uh, oh, of Bichette. juniors. Bichette. What's that? Bo Bichette. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, Kevin Biggio, which is Biggio's, uh, mm -hmm. his dad played for the Astros and was unbelievable. And then they had Roger Clemens' kid. But yeah. They, like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they cut it. He, he wasn't a pitcher. He was like a first baseman. I saw him live playing um, in New Hampshire because that's their double A team. And they're actually, mm -hmm. they were really good. One year, they had like Biggio, um, Bichette, and they also had Pearson, which is like their, nut, their ace in the hole, and Vlad, and they won the whole thing which was pretty phenomenal. If you've ever been in a minor league game and they make it to the playoffs and everybody's there, because most minor league games, you know, you could probably count all together how many people are there, but mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing to see. Nice. So, yeah, the Mets are going to be big movers this offseason, we think, right? I was telling you before the show we were talking, and uh, I know you disagreed with me, but I feel like Theo Epstein uh, is going to find his way in the Mets organization somehow, some way. I don't think he left uh, the Cubs just to sit at home and do nothing. I think he definitely wants bigger and better things, maybe more money. And you know that they're gonna, the Mets are going to be willing to pay money to win. Uh, I don't know if you saw the introductory, introductory press conference for the new owner, but he was pretty much like, we should win within the next five years. Like, we're, we're be better than this, and I, I demand better. And he said he's willing to spend whatever he has to do to get better. So... I wouldn't be surprised if they went after a big fish like uh, Epstein to run the organization going forward, especially with his track record. I mean, he went into Boston, ended a curse, right? Went to the Cubs and, to, and you know, got rid of a curse. Now, granted, there's like no quote-unquote curse with the Mets that I'm aware of, but like they've just been awful for so long. <laughs> I feel like it's a natural destination for him. I believe that Theo is going to take his time and he wants full control. And I don't think the Cubs were willing to spend as much as he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so, because they spent so much, they've been in the top, you know, 10 in spending and they should because <laughs> they're the Chicago Cubs, right? They print money. So them, the Red Sox, the uh, Yankees, the Angels, the Dodgers, those clubs should never, you know, lose their players because of outspending. Which is crazy because look what happened to the Red Sox. They're always the one throwing money. They, they're, they're not doing it anymore. Well, okay, so hear me out, right? The best part of baseball is you do not have – it's not like the NBA where, right. you know – There's no salary cap. Cle well, not even just a salary cap, right? It's Cleveland versus um, – at a time against the Golden State Warriors every year. It's like, why play the season out if you know those two are going to make it, right? Whereas in baseball, it's different every single year. Yeah, the Marlins this year. The Marlins. Right, but like, hear me out. I think, the, I think what you're saying is true. Like, anyone can win it. But I think that's more because baseball is so random once you get to the playoffs, right? You just got to get hot at the right time. It's like hockey. What do you say about hockey? You get a hot goaltender, who knows what's going to happen. You can make a run. Like baseball, if your team just starts clicking at the right time in the playoffs, you can win the whole thing. So I get what you're saying. Like, oh, it's a very random sport. Anybody could win, right? But like you're not seeing the bottom of the barrel teams 
come out of nowhere and make the playoffs every year. Like, yeah, I get, I get it. The Marlins made the playoffs, which is an awesome story. But, man, didn't they let anyone in the playoffs this year? So, like, I'm not going like, to get too excited about the Marlins making the playoffs. They were, like, two games over, no, 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 no. They were two games over 500. They're not, like, this isn't, like, a success story. It's just a COVID story. I'm pretty sure I can go outside and get a couple of neighborhood kids and probably make the playoffs in basketball, seeing that everybody makes the That's playoffs. disrespectful, man. <laughs> I mean, granted, <laughs> yeah, I granted, like, the East, like, we're Magic fans, so we, we benefited from this, but, like, yeah, I get it. Like, the East, the seven, it was a six, seven, and eight seed where they all under 500, or at okay. least the se- seven and eight seed were under 500. So, Trudeau, let's say for $100,000, right, you had to pick the top two teams to make the championship, right, the NBA championship this year. Who would you pick? And you'd probably feel pretty confident that you'd have a chance of being right, right? To pick the top two teams, like, so, like, who's going to be in the NBA finals? Yes. Uh, I feel like it's a trick question because I think there's more competition than you think in basketball this year. But if I had to put like my life on the line, I would say probably the Lakers and the Bucks because those are the two best teams in each conference. But like, if you look at the West this year, like I know everyone's going to say, well, Lakers just won, right? You have LeBron, Anthony Davis, but like LeBron is an older guy, all right? He's used to a, a prolonged off-season routine, getting his body right. This is crazy, man. Like I can't believe they're playing this week. Like the turnaround is what a month and a half. So I don't know if, if a guy like LeBron, some of these older guys, like maybe if you look at the Clippers, like um, Kawhi Leonard, who always has load management things going on. Um, I don't know if those guys will be peaked, you know, throughout the season, if they'll be ready to make a run in the playoffs. Well, so what I was thinking was, right, LeBron, a couple years ago, I remember that the Cavs were like the fourth seed, and everybody was like, oh, the Cavs aren't making this in the finals. And then they did it again. And I think – Possibly they won it that year. I can't. I remember that year. That was just a disaster. That's the year they brought in, they traded away Kyrie and had Isaiah Thomas, who didn't play a single game. They brought in Dwayne Wade, who got cut, I believe, or shipped out like right at the trade line. That team was just a mess. And they had LeBron in his, I don't know if I want to say prime, but like he was close to it and he was well rested by the time the playoffs started. So, I mean, that's like a different story there. Listen, I think that the, you know, the NBA is in a much better position now that they've kind of blown up two of the super teams with Durant going to Brooklyn and with LeBron and AD rather than LeBron, Kyrie, and Love. But at the same time, I just, basketball, man, it's been, you know, the same finals, you know, the last couple of years. I was so proud of the Miami Heat. I mean, breaking it. <laughs> yeah, last year was definitely different, um, especially considering like the home court was was no longer a factor, right? So you have a team like the Heat. Um, were they a four seed or a five seed? Four seed. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that was shocking, but you know, with no home court, who knows what's going to happen? And then the year before that, I mean, who thought the Raptors would be in the finals um, versus? I mean, I guess the Warriors were the obvious favorite there to make the finals, but, like, who, who thought the Raptors were going to win that thing? So, okay, so I know what you're saying. Well, well, hold on. I know what you're saying. Like, oh, we always know who's going to make the finals in basketball, and I get that's been true for, like, the past 10 years almost. 
right? Because you had the Cavs always, or like the Heat, whoever LeBron was on, you had, at one point, you had the Spurs made a lot of runs and uh, the Warriors made a lot of runs. But I think that's all different now. Like, you don't know who's going to make the finals this year. Like, I know you're going to say, oh, for sure the Bucks. You're going to say, for sure the Lakers, but really, I, I have no idea. I don't think the Bucks are going to make the finals. Um, and I just who, feel... Who do you have in the... Who do you think is, like, the best team, if not the Bucks in the East, to make a run? Because it's just I a think, bunch... Go ahead. I think the East is going to be way more fun to watch because you have Miami. Now Miami's got some experience, right? So you have Miami. Wait, just give me a... Miami, you have Boston. Boston's going to be good. You have – it's going to be interesting to see if the 76ers can pull off a trade and having Doc Rivers as well. And then you also have Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn. And then – That's one. You, you have some teams that could possibly – what, and then you could say that the Raptors were close last year, right? Once again, mm-hmm. that experience factor. So the reality of the situation is the East is going to be more fun than the West where it's like, all right, stop LeBron. And before LeBron, right? It was I disagree Jordan. with you. I disagree completely. Well, Kobe, Kobe, sorry, Kobe. And then it was Jordan. I think the West is just as competitive this year. And all I say right, that because, all right, like last year, everyone was like, all right, it's either going to be one of the two LA teams, right? The Clippers or the Lakers, which I guess that's still true now. Those teams are still pretty good. But, I mean, you watch the Nuggets. They got really good in the bubble, right? They had Jokic go off. And uh, Murray have a great like bubble run in the you know in the playoffs. Those two players are are young. I mean, I think they're both under twenty five, or they're at least they're twenty five or under, right? So you expect that their trajectory is going to go up. They're only going to get better. So like, I think the Nuggets have a shot. I don't think they're like a favorite. I'm not going to put my money on them. But like, would I be surprised if they made it to the finals? No. Uh, I mean, the Jazz are always pretty competitive. I know like. No one's going to give uh, – I think they're going to win this thing. But the Jazz are pretty competitive. They have a couple of really good players. I like Donovan Mitchell. I think Gobert's pretty good. So I have those four. I'm trying to think who else would probably maybe be in the mix. I think the Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah, I was going to say. What do, you th- what do you think the Warriors are going to look like this year? I th- Well, obviously, Clay's gone, right? So That really bummed me out, by the way. I was really hoping. He's a good guy, too. Like, a really likable person. It's just sad to see him gone another whole year. It's fair to say that the Golden State Warriors are the L.A. Dodgers of basketball. And the reason I say that is they have their players. They were homegrown. Curry was drafted. Green was drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Clay Thompson was drafted. And they signed one ginormous free agent, and everybody goes off. I don't mm-hmm. think Durant should have done that. But at the same time, you can't blame him. Yeah, you can't, you know, he <laughs> went over. Like, what he's, can you he's do? He's going to get a lot of hate for doing it. But at the end of the day, you know, it was his choice. It's what he wanted. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to crush the guy, like, whatever. I mean, he's trying something different now with Kyrie in Brooklyn. So what do you think is going to happen? Let's say he wins in Brooklyn this year. Are people still going to crush him and be like, oh, you joined, like, another superstar? Or are they going to give him, like, credit? Like, oh you know, this is redemption tour for the Golden State thing. I like KD. I just think the way he comes off is, <sighs> I think that's what hurts him. Because yeah. when you see him, well, if you know KD from the beginning, he's even at in OKC, he was like a big, you know, helper of 
helping different locations get better, giving back. Like he's a good guy. He just, I think you his know, problem is he cares too much about what other people want to say about him. And he just gets really feisty and like passive aggressive when, when people say negative things, you know, LeBron's the same way. He, you know, LeBron. yeah. But the thing is, you know what? what what's the thing though? Before LeBron won all those championships, what did people say about, about LeBron? The same exact stuff. They just wanted to hate on him and say all this nasty stuff because he was passive aggressive. That's all it does. Like, it's different when you grow up with Kobe Bryant and with Michael Jordan, where like Michael Jordan did not give a damn what people said. He was like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go out there, and if he, if you did say something. It made it even worse. How many stories have you heard from like Reggie Miller, Charles Barkley, you know, Carmelo on, dude, the last thing you want to give is him any kind of bulletin board material because he just strived off of it. And it seems like. Do you think there are any players now like that? Like with that just like killer instinct that's just like, oh, you want to talk junk? Like I'm going to bring it to you. I got one in mind maybe. I don't know if it's a strong candidate, but I'm going to see if you have anything. I'm going to go with Westbrook. I just feel Ooh, like that's a good one. No, that's a but, great one. That's better than mine, actually. Is, uh, is one of those guys who just, you know, he just gets it. The guy plays 100 miles per hour. He might not play. It was kind of like Kobe. It took time to find a Paul Gasol for Kobe, right? Someone mm-hmm. that he can play with and wants to play there. You saw Dwight Howard. We're both Orlando Magic fans. He lasted, what, a season there? And was like, nah, I'm good. Like, he just has that mindset. He's just getting older now. So his bruise ball, like him going in and him getting hacked and stuff isn't, mm-hmm. you know, vital. He's got to work on his, his jump shot. So my, my guy that I thought had that mentality would be Jimmy Butler. Like, obviously not the same type of talented player. Like, he's not as talented maybe as a Russell Westbrook. Although, actually, you could make the argument that he's better than Westbrook now at this point. But, like, I don't know. When I think of – that bulletin board type of guy where he sees someone talking how he's lost a step. He just takes it personally and, and wants to bring it to the next game. So I, I also believe that, you know, to build off of what you just said, which I a hundred percent agree with Pat Riley and the heat organization, just know how to get, you know, the most out of their players. Like they've had some crappy teams. Do you believe in the culture? I do. I really the culture. Do. <laughs> I hope he's uh, him and Spolstra are like writing down it. So, you know, Mm. uh, when Pat Riley is gone, you need that, you know, mentality. Um, You know, how many times have you heard of a player get cut or traded from Miami because they couldn't handle, you know, guys go there and lose like 10 to 15 pounds off of their, their regime. On the flip side, like you see guys get cut because they're not doing the right things. How many guys have you seen go to Miami and, you know, they were kind of running the middle players before they got to Miami and they just got so much better. Like, okay, uh, Hassan, Hassan Whiteside, I'm going to pick on him because he was, I think he was undrafted. You know, he was in their G League, right? He worked hard, got better, got really good, got paid. And then they're like, all right, you got paid. Let me keep producing. And you stopped working hard. Then he went to other teams. Now where is he? He's, I believe he's in Sacramento, right? No, he had a good season this year. But you also have to remember, Hazan Whiteside, no joke, was playing in the YMCA League when the Miami Heat called him. He's playing in – he wasn't even playing in the G League. He was playing YMCA ball. 
and they they brought him in for a tryout and like a 10-day contract and he ended up just sticking you know and I remember he had like a famous report um, after one of the games and they were like, dude, you're killing it. You're working really hard. And he goes, I'm just trying to get my 2K rating up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the mentality you need to have. That's the killer mentality. Improve your 2K rating. I mean, it would work out, I guess, if you improve your 2K rating, you'd be better in real life and you get paid. So it's one way to get there. They're just good at finding guys that just want to get better. Like what was Tyler Johnson, right? Was that his name? Tyler what? He, uh, Tyler Johnson. He got paid yeah. by the Nets, and then he was awful with the Nets. Because <laughs> he, he left the culture, man. He left the culture. They're just but look at, look at Duncan Robinson. That story is crazy, man. That dude was playing uh, D3 ball at one point, right? And then he went to Michigan. I think he was a walk-on at Michigan, like earned a spot. He wasn't highly touted at all. They picked him up undrafted free agent and he's actually like a really good player now i mean his defense is a little suspect but as far as like offense is concerned he's like a legit threat just hear me out what happens right and i know westbrook's off the table so you can't go after westbrook and but what happens if miami could get james harden that's a whole thing in itself right let me ask you this right before (laughs) you get down that road of uh, like are they going to be good with james harden if they got him so I understand, like, I'm a big, like, believer in talent over everything. Like, I think if you just assemble the most talent on a team, like, you're going to win, right? I mean, you'll figure out how the parts fit later, but, you know, talent usually wins in the end. Obviously, Harden's really talented, like, probably one of the, you know, maybe, I don't know, I don't, I don't like to do, like, the whole top whatever thing, but he's probably, like, top 10, top five player in the league. No, you, would, you would agree with that? Oh, for sure. I love Harden. Okay. I think he put in a lot of money, too. With so, my, my, my question is, like, if you're Miami, though, do you bring in a guy like Harden who, like, we can go over the stuff that's been said about him this week, but, like, he doesn't seem to, like, want to work or doesn't really, you know, he's not, like, a heat culture guy, quote-unquote. So, do you bring in a guy who is kind of toxic in that nature, sacrifice your culture to add the talent you think that's going to have a negative effect like on the way he plays because they play super unselfish i really enjoy watching them they remind me a lot of the warriors you know quick ball movement stretch the floor passing team ball and then you have a guy like harden who like i heard stories you know when he had chris paul back in the day on his team with the rockets Chris Paul gets so mad at him because when Chris Paul had the ball in his hands, James Harden would walk up the court and just pretty much say, I'm taking this possession off. Chris has got it. Like, I'm not going to be part of the team. So I guess, is it worth bringing in a guy with that sort of mentality on a team like the Heat who got where they are because they're so unselfish? I will say this. How many championships or even NBA finals has Chris Paul made? Right? <laughs> oh, here it goes. Like, Right. Okay, okay but here's the thing, Mike. He, James Harden ran off Chris Paul. He ran off Dwight Howard. He ran off Russell Westbrook. Like, at some point, the problem isn't everybody else. It's you. Okay, but hear me out, too. So you could make that same kind of statement of Jimmy Butler, right? He had Dwayne uh, Wade in Chicago. He had to get traded to Philly. He didn't like how Philly was going, so he signed with Miami. You went in Minnesota, too. That was a fun time. Uh, I think James Harden would do really well as long as you have Pat Riley and you mm-hmm. have Eric Bolscher saying, this is how we do things. 
And not only that, if you can't, they made it to the finals last year. If you can't be a part of that culture, right? What do they lose? They lose, well, they want a lot for James Harden right now. I think it's a more, they want a lot. Um, But Miami could also wait them out and be like, okay, well, I think James Harden, (laughs) it's a little different when you're in Houston. When you're in Miami, right? <laughs> I gotta say this though, like you're trying to compare what were you saying, James Harden versus Jimmy Butler, and like they both got moved around. Here's the thing, okay? Jimmy Butler got kicked from team to team because he legitimately was a crazy person and got mad at everybody because they weren't working hard. James Harden is losing teammates because James Harden doesn't want to work hard and wants to go to strip clubs. It's like complete polar opposite of why it's not working out. I'd rather have the guy who's going to, hold on, I know, I see you doing the little timeout thing and you want to talk, but I'd rather have the guy who's getting kicked from team to team because he's pushing people, right? Okay. That's the heat culture guy. But hear me out now, right? All the guys you just said went to James Harden's team. James Harden's going to someone oh. else's not his team anymore. Are you really defending James Harden's behavior? I, I like James Harden. I think either I like, way, yeah. James Harden is very similar in my eyes to Kanye West. Kanye West just oh, like, deal that, with no, that's a great that's a great <laughs> one. Yeah, I would, right. I would definitely want to build my team around Kanye West. Okay, so I'm not listening. You got my attention now. So Kanye West, right, was working with Adidas. Right, and everyone was like, "What the? This isn't gonna matter, right?" He brought in no joke in the couple years that he's been one point three billion dollars. Gap just signed him right to a ten-year deal, and if you know anything about Gap, the company, right, they're really hurting right now as like their company, their stores, right, and John Fisher, who owns the Gap, owns the Oakland A's. <laughs> Oakland A's have no money ever to get anybody, right? But they have enough to bring Kanye West over. But instead of going down that rabbit hole, just hear me out, right? If you can bring James Harden and you can put him around good people that are saying, hey, listen, this is how we do things. Either way, it's a win for Miami, who already has an amazingly rich owner, right? He's going (laughs) to... Billion, no, I wouldn't say billions, but millions, right, in the door. And if it doesn't work out, you got them for two years and you send them off or you, you trade them. Right. I mean, commodity right now. It sounds great, like, oh, we'll just get them, see how it works out. And then if it doesn't work out, we move on. But in real, in real life, like, you're going to have to give up some valuable pieces. Like, you're probably going to give up Tyler Hero, or I doubt they send Bam, but you're going to have to give up valuable pieces. So if it doesn't work out, you lose your future. If it works okay. out, great. You you might might make the, the finals again. But once again, Miami has what every team wants. And by what I mean by that is they can produce players. They know how to make average players that people overlook, right? And make them into cele- like superstars. Not superstars, maybe great, strong players, all-stars. Like, hear me out too. Hear me out here. I'm getting so frustrated. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Here we are here with Miami, right? We went through a couple of guys that they've drafted and they've traded or they flipped. Remember, they got a compensation pick for um, Tyler Johnson getting picked up, right? Mm-hmm. Does it happen or no? I sure. don't know. 
I think you're making this up just like your entire James Harden <laughs> argument. I think it's all compensation for him being sorry. No, I'm just kidding. He's a great player. But have you do you know the stories that are coming out this week about like what the Houston <laughs> uh you know what it was like there the atmosphere and everything don't give me time out do you no no, no. you keep talking tell me right so there are plenty of stories where you know they're having practice um or maybe like a film study there's like a there's a story where there was a film study and he's notoriously late for practice all the time uh you know his good buddy russell westbrook who he won on teams there they're all waiting James Harden's not there. They're waiting. They're waiting. Westbrook's just like, hey, let's go. Move on. Forget James. We're starting practice now. So, I mean, if you bring in James Harden, you might still have these sort of things where, you know, it's him above the team. He's not really buying into the culture of the team. Now, granted, I think you have a fair point in that he's been on the Houston Rockets, I don't know what seven, eight years now. And yes, they've done everything in their power to make him happy. And they've done everything in their power to do what he wants to bend to his will. Right. So maybe once you take him out of that environment where he gets everything he wants, maybe it'll change. And I hope that's the case because I think he's super talented. I like his beard. So he's got plus one, you know, (laughs) with me on that. Um, But it's just a huge risk. It's a risk if you're Miami or anyone really, because you're going to have to give up a talented player and probably a ton of draft picks. I mean, look at the trademark is crazy, right? Like look at Drew Holiday. Like I thought he was a good player. I think he's a nice little player, right? But what did he go for? Three first round picks and two pick swaps. So it's five like picks involved total for an okay, like a, a, a above average good point guard. What do you think James Harden's going to, going to take, you know, we're going to trade away a good young talented player, probably three first round picks, right? So you're mortgaging your future to bring them in and who knows how it's going to work out. I don't know. I, I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm not pro or anti trading James Harden. I think it's going to be super interesting how it plays out. And honestly, at the end of the day, Mike, I think that he ends up by staying in Houston. I think teams low ball, the Houston Rockets and try to steal them from the Rockets, and the Rockets aren't going to make that move. Like, what do they have to lose? Okay, hear me out now. Because the NBA... We should change our podcast to hear me out, by the way. It's <laughs> 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 the past 10 minutes, just a back and forth. Hear me out. The NBA, right, is a business first, okay? First off, you have to find a team that's willing to pay those assets. It's not anybody's fault that the Bucks are stupid. They wanted to keep Giannis happy and they overpaid for Drew Holiday, right? Because that's what we're agreeing on here. They overpaid yeah. for Holiday. Now, Holiday is... Who are the Pelicans, by the way? <laughs> Stan the man is so happy sitting there in New Orleans with all those draft picks and young players. <laughs> Harden is not, you know... Would you say that Miami would be closer to a title with James Harden? <sighs> yeah. Okay, what does Pat want out of anything right now? Yeah, he wants hook. He's old. He's, he's uh, almost 80, I believe. So he's probably thinking, this is my chance. And you know what? Especially he wants, he wants to win one without LeBron. Yeah, that's definitely 100% true on that one. But if he gets James Harden, right, number one, you keep him away from 
the 76ers, and the Nets. Those are the two places. And the Bucks, right, too. But the Bucks don't have anything to get him. Yeah, I don't think – and I honestly, Mike, though, I don't think the Nets really have a shot. Again, I know he's been, like, adamant about, I want to go to the Nets. But what asks the FD Buck, honestly? They're not trading away KD. They're not trading away Kyrie Irving. What else do they have for young assets that they give up? They can give up picks, right? But, like, if you're – There is if, a team, though. Hear me out. There is a team. I think, if anything, it's Philly. If he goes no, anywhere. No, the Boston Celtics. No, I hate it. I hate Why? it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It. You can hate them all you want. They have the picks. They have the cap room. No discretion. I, I am a Boston Celtics fan, so we're in a Magic, <laughs> Magic and Celtics. So I take that personally when you say go to the Celtics. But hear me out. It's one of those things where it's a possibility. And for Miami, if okay, let's say we can make two James Hardens. Right? You send one to Boston. You send one to Miami. Who's the better team? So if there's two James Harden at the same time, I just want to see them play one-on-one. I don't really want to see the rest of the day. This, if there is a clone of James Harden, I would pay to watch them play one-on-one. There'd be no defense. It would be like a 1,000 points. It would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, but to your, to your if, question, though, if, if they had, if they both had James Harden with the same roster now, am I losing any players? No, you're not losing anyone. That's a good question. I actually might say the Heat just because I know that you'd have Tatum, Brown, and uh, Harden, but I think there's a lot of overlap in skill set. So I actually would like the Heat better there because they have a really good defense already as it is, and they got a good big with Bam. Now, if the Rockets wait one more year to trade Harden, right? Which I think that, might happen. Okay, but that diminishes what they're going to overall get, right? Is it, though? I mean, he's yeah. he's not he's not forty years old. He's I believe he's like 27, 28. I might be I might be underestimating no, that a little no. bit. Are I can look that up right now as we're speaking. Yeah. I believe he's maybe forty at the most. But to you know, to counter your point, I don't think he's that old. He's thirty one. I, I was completely wrong. But that's not <laughs> that's not ancient in basketball terms. And also, he's on a three year deal right now. Right, you trade him next year. No, two more, two more years. Right, two more. like. Starting right now, he still has three years under contract. So you could trade his contract with two years. That's plenty of time still. I don't know. He's got two years right now, right? If he removes one of them, that's going to depreciate the asset that you're gaining from the team. So I just think that if Miami's looking for that next player to, you know, jump, because Brooklyn's going to be scary. I don't care what anyone says. They're going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once that happens, we'll see. It would allow them to jump over so many teams that you got, to me, I think you got to do it. Right. I mean, everyone's got to do it. And I mean, <laughs> air quotes with that, got to do it. But who has the capital and willingness to, to pay the price? That's the Miami. question. <laughs> Miami has the capital to do it. They, and not only that, if – how many times? Remember when they signed LeBron? They had like five guys on. It was like him, Beasley, <laughs> um, Dwayne Wade, Bosch, and it didn't matter who they were putting around. You take another superstar, you pair him up with another superstar. That's how the um, NBA is right now. It's just I agree. Something. I think of all teams, though, you're right. Like the team in the best position to actually pay for him, like has the you know the assets, would be Miami. I just don't know if they would be willing to 
take him because of the whole culture thing. You know, he just he just so different than what they do already. Okay, let's let's do the business aspect though. He brings in tons of money, right? You have guys who will have to say, "Hey, listen, this is how we do things," and if not, <laughs> then you gain another asset. You can. You think Jimmy Butler would put him in his place? Oh my God, I wouldn't want to fight Jimmy Butler. No. Should- all right, this is a great avenue, but I want to go on this avenue really quick with you. Of all the players in the NBA, who would you least want to have a scuffle with? Because Jimmy Butler might be number one. You know who else I'm going to nominate up there? The Morris twins. Marquise, Marquise, Marcus and Markeith Morris. I do not want to mess with those guys at all. Anyone else on your I don't want to fight for the NBA list? Well, I'm short, so I think that Rudy is <laughs> <laughs> and he went about six feet. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he has the strength to pick me up by just my top of my head and hold me there <laughs> and toss me. So he's someone that I wouldn't want to mess with. PJ Tucker, too. I don't know. Something about oh, him. He, you know, he, he plays center as someone who's 6'7", so you know he's got to be tough and scrappy. I'm not messing with him. You know who, back in the day, who would beat everyone up, including <laughs> Jimmy Butler? Kenyon Martin. The throwback. Kmart. <laughs> I, when you play 2K and you get packed by Kmart, it just seems like something. The game turns off. The game you. just turns off. It just says you lose, and it just turns off. It's over. It's a cheat code. I don't know if you ever tried it. Oh, man. But, no, hear me out, though. The guy that we didn't say, Andre Iguodala. He's also in Miami. He would easily put James Harden in his place. You would really mess with Andre Iguodala. Like, have you seen how that guy... I messed with Andre and Andrew God. I can't even say his name. I would mess with Iggy. I was going with the nicknames because it's easier. I'd mess with him. Hopefully we can get him on the show. So I could, yeah, I'd, I would never. I would say, sir, I respect you so much. You were my favorite basketball player. When you blocked LeBron, you're my hero. Or no, he got blocked by LeBron. I won't say the LeBron thing then because that would set him off. All right, so we're running out of time, so we got to come up with... Uh, real quick. We wanted to do our uh, last segment, which is... Really simple. We're both Orlando Magic fans, and we're going to... Unfortunately. <laughs> Listen, Vucevic got it this year. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. If Fournier can learn how to show it in the playoffs, that would be really helpful. But uh, what it's going to come down to is we're going to pick a different team altogether, and that is our choice for this year. And mm. our allegiance is with Orlando, but we're both so that we're not you know, we like to argue, I believe so. So we're going to pick a team throughout the whole NBA, and that's going to be our team to follow and to cheer for this season. So are there any rules to this? Like, does it have to be a good team? Could it be a bad team? You know, is it any team we want outside of Orlando? And I will pick Boston because I watch a lot of Boston. So that's – like not, let's, not let's not pick the easy ones, right? Let's not pick the – I have or, one. I have one in mind that will, will shock you. I thought about this a little bit. Well, the Magic is our, like, mid – like, they're going to hit in the seventh, eighth seed kind of – so let's pick a team that we believe in, but it can't be the Bucks or L.A. who are going to be, like, the one – I'm not picking Brooklyn. That's just – Do I pick a team I believe in to, like, make a playoff run or just a team that could be better than expected? This is a team that you're going to be rooting for this year. So when you watch games – like oh, there's a lot of pressure. If you look at the ESPN ticker, right – yeah. We always look for Orlando, but this, you have to look for that team and say, this is our team. And then we're going to explain why. And then that's the end of the show today. 
All right. And then going forward, maybe we could just kind of do report, like, you know, not like a formal, I got a paper report, but maybe just kind of, you know, keep everyone updated on how the team's doing and uh, what we're seeing. Well, how about we do this? This will be really fun. We'll, we'll start our little league, right? To mm-hmm. see who's got a better record and see who goes further. Um, you know, we'll start with who's the better team in the season and then who's going to be the longer team in the playoffs. And then as we bring guests on, they have to do the same. They have right. to ask the team. Right. And once we get like six or eight teams, that's what we'll go, we'll go with. I feel like I'm going to be extra competitive now that I know we're trying to see who's going further. But uh, who's your so, pick? So I, I'm going to pick like a, a scrappy underdog, but I think it's going to be better than people expect. I it's think a, I know who's going to pick. Well, all right, I'll, I'll explain a little bit about the team, and you can guess. So it's a scrappy underdog team. I think that they're going to overperform uh, where people think they would end up. Their team that's been awful the past forever. Okay. But I think at this point, this team, you know, they've been building for years. They've been putting the pieces together. And I think this is their year. Like, they're either going to boom and outperform and be a shocker, or if they don't perform, they're tearing the whole thing down. So this is their make-or-break year, in my opinion. And my team is the? Is it Eastern or Western? Because I have one in each. Oh. I think I know. I want to tell you. I don't want to tell okay, you because okay. I want so you. I want you to be wrong. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. That's a great guess, and I pretty much described them completely. But it was a Western Conference team. Then the Pelicans. No. Oh, what? Who is it? The Pelicans are too easy. I'm picking the Timberwolves. Oh man, the Timberwolves. I think they're going to outperform what people expect of them. They put all the chips in into the middle, right? They got uh, Towns' good buddy and D'Angelo Russell. They just used another first first overall pick. They have a guy that they drafted last year, like I think top seven. They have all the talent. It's about time to make this this thing happen. So I'm 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 kind of excited to follow them. All right, you know my pick, right? Because we spoke about it earlier today. I don't. I wasn't oh, paying attention because okay. I don't, usually when you talk to me, I just in one ear and out the other. So if you want to give me some hints, I'll give it a guess. So we were, if we were in a relationship, you would be the husband right now because you just don't listen. So that's basically what you just out many years ago. I divorced your ass and it took off a while ago. But it's sure, okay, you can go with that. Up, fine. All right. <laughs> my team has my favorite player. So if you truly are one of my best friends. Oh, man. I, I think I – I thought your favorite player was Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Ricky Rubio. Yes. Uh, so you're also the is he signed right now? The worst Orlando pick in a long time, Mario. Oh, God. He's always around somewhere. I'll tell you, Mario, he's just that guy who's like every year is a new team. He just stays around. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. <laughs> That's why you're not in charge of a team right uh, now. <laughs> so, I'm just filibustering because I don't – I'm trying to think who your favorite player would be, so I'm trying to filibuster here. <laughs> so, uh, this team did well last year. You know? Okay. They were un, you know, they weren't supposed to go as far as they were, and they did really, really well. Like I said, they have my favorite player, but I think they're one of the top analytical teams mm-hmm. in the league, and they by far have the best organization when it comes down to trainers. Okay, trainers. Because remember, the Phoenix Suns for a long time when Nash went there and Stoudemire. Are you telling me what team it was? 
What? Is it the Phoenix Suns? Is that you use a bit? That was the Suns? No, 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 no. It's not. Oh, so I can cross off the Suns from my list. Is what? Okay. Don't Keep going. Them. I won't guess the Suns. Go ahead. They poached their whole training staff, and this staff was being Orlando fans, right? Grant Hill had a terrible time in Orlando, and then went over to Phoenix to the same staff and mm-hmm. revitalized his career. And so did Penny Hardaway, which is heartbreaking because those two players are like two of the best players in Orlando's history. So what team do you think? So I think that your favorite player would be. Who's my favorite player? Who's my favorite Zion Williamson. And he plays for the Pelicans. As much as I love Duke university, it is not Zion. That's (laughs) why I went with it. I went Uh, with the Utah jazz. I love Ben Mitchell. He's my favorite player. Uh, Spider. I think by far he's that was mini my second favorite. guess, by the way. I I just like what they did. I like that they brought favors back. Um, I don't know why they cut their backup point guard because I feel like that's going to be a huge weakness on the team this year, unless they're going to let Donovan play when Connolly is sitting um, to get both those players more minutes in a sense. But you know, I love Joe Ingles. You got uh, you got Rudy in the middle and we'll see what happens. They're, they're going to be good this year. So um, that's, that's my team. That's, that's the team that I root for. The other team I like is OKC, but we both yeah. know it's not me. They don't I want like to how they're running the team. I don't know how they're going to be on the basketball court. Well, that's interesting. I feel like I'm at a complete disadvantage with Timberwolves versus the Jazz. But uh, All right, how about this? I'll give you another team. So you'll start with two. Uh, you know what? I, all right, if I have to pick one other team that I think would be more competitive and maybe give the Jazz a run for their money, I'd have to go with the Grizzlies because I really love John Moran. Okay. That's he's, a good one. He's very fun to watch. Uh, and I like, you know, some of the complimentary pieces are pretty good. I like Jones Valanciunas. Um, they just got a young, scrappy team. They got Grayson Allen, great player. Give. <laughs> We're going to do some nice yeah. stuff, nice stuff in the court. I'm oh, just he kidding. He was drafted by the Nuggets. I mean, by the Jazz, just to let you know. Terrible for office. There you go. Not going to be a good team this year. I think I have this in the bag. All right, Mike. I appreciate hanging out with you tonight and uh, having this broadcast going. Uh, I just hope people found this entertaining, and I just want to thank everyone for listening. Hey, worst comes to worst. I know that Emily and Megan would listen, so we'll, we'll have two. I don't people. think Emily would listen, so maybe we got one. I, I, I think I can just put it on Spotify and just play it on repeat over and over to make myself feel better, like this view. So we can try that, worst case scenario. That's fine. That's fine. All right, man. I'll, I'll talk to you next week. We'll put up another one. Sounds good, man. Have a, nice, right. have a nice Christmas, right? Before next Friday? Oh, no, it's on Friday. Crap, we're going to have to do one afterwards. Not we'll Friday. Figure it out. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. See you. Take care.